everyone, Terry Welbrock here, host of the Healing Place podcast. So I have a big favor to ask before we dive into today into today's inspirational, wow, very enlightening uh, conversation. So the Healing Place podcast is a contender in the 18th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Yay! And if you go to podcastawards.com, so P-O-D-C-A-S-T-A-W-A-R-D-S dot C-O-M, you can find the Healing Place podcast under the health category. Uh, That was the best choice for mental health. And the people's choice category. So those are the two areas where you can nominate If you love this show, please, please, please take just a few minutes to go vote for the Healing Place podcast in the 18th annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. All right. Now for today's beautiful, wonderful episode. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Wellbrock, and you always see me smiling and beaming because I I talk for a few minutes before I I interview introduce the uh, guests I have on. And um, yeah, I'm always just so excited to have them. So today we have Magic Barkley, and she is lead practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and host of A Magical Life, Health, Wealth, and Weight Loss podcast. So well, welcome, Magic. Thanks for having me, Terry. It's so good to be here. Oh, I'm I'm so thrilled to talk to you. I told you beforehand that one, I want to talk to you after the show, <laughs> only because of the amazing work you're doing, and it's it's resonating with me on on a personal level. As the guests of the show who tune into all these shows know, the journey I've been on in the last two years. So, so yes. Yeah, so, talk to us. Um, I guess we'll start with with your journey and how you got into this work. Yeah, wow. <laughs> My journey. So I, you know, was brought up in the doctor says model as m- many of us are. You know, allopathic medicine is the way to go. When something hurts, go to the doctor. Something's wrong, go to the doctor. Take this, take that. You'll be fine. Well, that wasn't working so well for me. I was very unwell with numerous conditions. One of them was about to take my life. And I thought, I've been doing what I've been told by doctors all this time, and yet here I am about to tell my kids that I'm not going to be here next year and I won't see them grow up, you know. So I went to myself. I said, self, there has to be something else. has to be some other way. And I'd really started looking more into natural healing, but that was the impetus to just push me off the cliff and say, okay, what am I going to do because I'm running out of chances now? So I've got nothing to lose, go for it. And so I found functional health and natural health, and I did go down quite a few rabbit holes. And you know what? I can say that I'm coming up to my 10th year now after being given a year left. And so what I'm doing is working for me. Does it work for everyone else? Well, to some extent it does, but we have to be open to it. And that's something we've learned through allopathic medicine is to be shut off to our intuition, shut off to what our bodies are doing. You know, we're taught about reductionism, treat this symptom, treat this condition, and then, you know, you should be fine. 
Well, that doesn't work. We have to look at holism, the whole body, the whole mind, the whole lifestyle, and we have to look at treating nothing else in isolation or reductionism, but looking at the whole. And so when we're looking at mold, when we're looking at trauma, when we're looking at disease, when we're looking at viruses, bacteria, fungus, we have to treat the body as a whole because a number of things are going to trigger off from one particular condition. And that's really what I learned for me and what I now teach all of my clients. Wow. I mean, you see me shaking my head and saying yes, yes, yes to everything, because that's truly, you just described my journey when I was so sick and sitting in front of a doctor who said, your electrolytes are out of whack, your vitamin D levels are low, you know, have plummeted, your your vitamin C levels are off the charts, your um, blood pressure is super high, like all the 20 symptoms appeared all at once. And then they wanted to be like, take a pill for this, take a pill for this, let me prescribe you this. And I just was like, whoa, hold up a second. I, I came to this island, we had just moved to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. And I said, I, I moved here perfectly healthy and zero meds and exercising and somewhat eating right. And what something is, there's a root cause here. There is a root cause. And they, 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 they just stared at me blank eyed. <laughs> and so it wasn't until I ended up in front of a nutritionist who said, Terry, it really, really seems like you might have some mycotoxin poisoning from mold exposure. You should test your house. And I just remember thinking, test our house? Like we just bought it. It's gorgeous. They just rehabbed it. And she said, why did they rehab it? And that was that was the aha moment for me because I was so sick. I'd lost 58 pounds very rapidly. I was covered in a rash. Like my body was just screaming, right? Um so yeah, beautiful. And thank you, gosh, for, I mean, for sharing your journey. Um, and I love it that you then let it become your work, your mission to help others. It's become my work. It has become my mission. And it's become something that above all else, if the two most important people in my life, my two sons, know that there's a root cause behind everything, go after that, I've done my work. Yes, I can help, you know, hundreds of clients a year. Yes, I can speak on thousands of podcasts here, but I'm sorry, world, there's two people that mean the most to me and they know, look for root cause, that's my mission. So, yes, I'll help everyone else, but I really had to start helping myself to teach my sons. And so that's exactly what I've done. And, you know, we can talk about mould and while we're talking about homes, here in Australia we have, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but We have a building industry that tries to give us these beautiful homes that are absolutely stunning and gorgeous, but they're airtight. You can't let any air in. You've got to seal every door, seal every window, you know, make sure nature does not touch you inside your beautiful home. Well, that's a really bad way of looking at things because we need airflow. So in my home, we're very lucky that we have drafty windows. I can tell because I walk past them and it's like, oh, what was that? But we also leave windows open. Now, even in the dead of winter here in Australia at the moment as we're recording, we're approaching winter and we're already in autumn, which is fall in the US, and it's already getting cold. So the days are about 7 degrees Celsius 
weeks, the nights are even colder. It's going to get colder. We'll probably get just below zero where I live. And I'm still going to have windows open. Why? Because I need the airflow. We've got heaters on. We're creating condensation in the home. We're breathing. So our, our breath is warm. The air is cold. We're going to create condensation. That is a perfect breeding ground for mold. So my biggest tip to keep your home healthy is have airflow. Keep some windows cracked open. You know, they don't have to be obviously open. So the crooks can go and go, wow, open window. Let's go for it. You can hide them behind plants. You can hide them behind whatever, a tree that might be outside. If that that window can be opened a bit, leave it open. People can't see it from the outside. But you are going to create that airflow, which is going to help you. Yes, beautiful. And I was just, that's so funny you should bring up the housing because when I was cooking yesterday, I thought, if I ever build a house, I think I'm going to have it built out of um, some sort of stone. <laughs> And then, you know, so I don't have like this porous materials that can then just like, you know, if it gets wet, then it's just a breeding ground for for mold. So I was actually thinking about it. And one other thing really quick, when you talk about your kids, you see mine, you know, the three of them over our head, my middle child uh, just moved into a, a new place and he called me um, two days ago and said, Mom, it was pouring down rain here. Now he has not lived, he's lived there a week. And he said, and I went to look out the blinds and I looked up and there was, he said, tell me this is not mold. And he sent me pictures and I was like, yep, get out. So he's gotten, he did get out of his lease and he is, is in the process of finding another place. But I'm so glad that he was aware and learned. And that was his argument. He said, you know, I watched my mom almost die from this and battle through. Um, and so, yeah, what you said about as long, even if just your kids know, <laughs> that's that's the most important thing in the world. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So one of the things that, uh, well, while we stay on, on mold, what is it? So do you work with people like one-on-one? -on -one? Do you do group coaching? How do you help people if someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm really struggling with this. What do I do? Okay, so I do work with people one-on-one. -on -one. Everything's remote these days. So, you know, with everything, the craziness of the past few years, um, we closed down our clinics and we went remote online. And that's actually been a bonus because we can work with people all around the world, which is fantastic. Uh, so what we do is our practitioners all have different strengths. So for mold, you'll be coming to me and I will do like a 10-week program with you and we'll talk once a week and I'll give you step-by-step -step of the supplements that you need to take, the order that you need to take, them, what you need to do with your diet, how to clean up your home. If you're in Australia, I can easily get you products that another Australian company makes um, and I, I'm partnered with them and they do mold cleaning products. And if you're overseas, I can help you find something like that. So, you know, it's it's quite a difficult road to get rid of mould once you've got mycotoxins floating around, but it's not impossible. Right. It's something you do have to be committed to, though. So that one-on-one -on -one coaching through that really does help people because something that we know in functional medicine about mould is it attaches to your limbic system. So I don't know if you guys have over there seen the movies Mad Max. 
Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. So Mel Gibson. in one of them. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Good old Mel, Aussie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in one of them, I can't remember. I think it's Return to Thunderdome. Uh, there's this giant muscly beastie guy and this tiny little person on his shoulders pulling like reins and stuff. Well, if you look at mold, mold is that little person pulling the reins and you're that big hefty guy that, you know, in the movie you're depicted as you can't think for yourself because the little guy is thinking for you. Well, that's what mold does to us, particularly to our limbic system. So when we have mold toxicity, mycotoxins floating around in our system, we can often find that we get really emotional about certain things. Now, I know when I had mold toxicity, I'd be driving in the car and all of a sudden just start bawling my eyes out and I had no idea what it was from. It was because the mold was pulling the strings. So I might have seen something, smelt something, heard something, tasted something, and so the mold has attached to the limbic system, so the centre part of my brain, and gone, well, this is how you feel about that now. So, you know, it's something that we need to be really well aware of, that when we're infected, we have mold toxicity, not all of our thoughts and feelings are ours. And, you know, mold has a more physical presence, and that is that it suppresses the immune system. So we can't react, you know, in our, our biochemistry like we normally would do because it's pulling the strings there too. So this is why mold is used in medicine. This is why mold is used in warfare. It is the great survivor. It is an immunosuppressor, and it changes the way you think and feel about things. And, you know, people say to me all the time, but mold's a fungus. Don't all fungus do that? Not to the extent that mold does. It really does need its own category. And so it's quite a detailed recovery through it, as you found out, but it's something that can be done. Yes. And it, yes, it took, it was quite a commitment, a change in the way I ate and understanding the impact of food and, and um, supplements. And I mean, just rebounding and, and doing brain rewiring and brain plasticity work. I mean, there was just so much involved in that. But yes, it really was a commitment. And which leads me to one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about and I'm excited to learn about is PNEI. So can you talk to us about what that is? Okay, so PNEI is something I learned about when I was reading When the Body Says No by Dr. Gabor Mate. And he mentioned the PNEI and it's a psychoneuroendoimmunology. And in this realm, we can attach it to trauma. So what it means, I'll give you an example, okay? I love public speaking, as you can probably tell. But say I didn't and say I had to give a talk in a week's time to 30,000 people. Okay, now the P in my mind is going to, first of all, look or search for evidence that it's a bad idea because it sounds unsafe, right? So the body always wants you to be safe. So the P might say, oh, well, you spoke, you know, on a podcast and you're only talking to a host and you couldn't think about what you were saying. What makes you think that 30,000 people will be a good idea to talk to? You can't do this. You're unsafe, Okay, and I'm going to ignore that because I really want to do this talk. So then, you know, 
the week carries on and I start preparing for the talk and I start getting tingling in my fingers or numbness in my feet or just this random back pain or neck pain. Now that's the end. That's the nervous system going, well, P told you you're not safe. Didn't listen. So now I need to tell you you're not safe. Best way I can do is make you hurt because you're going to want to avoid to hurt. Okay, so now the end's telling you you're not safe. But you ignore that because the talk's coming up. Then all of a sudden you start getting like hot flashes, dizziness, queasiness, nausea. This is the E. This is the endocrine system going where you ignored P and you ignored the neuro, the N. And so now the endocrine system has to pick up the slack, stop you from speaking to 30,000 people because we perceive you're not safe. Okay, so all these systems of the body are now working to keep you safe, but you push on and it's the day now of the talk and you've prepared your talk and you've picked out your outfit, you've got your hair and makeup done, whatever, and here you go, you're fighting back the thoughts of I can't do this, why should I do this, you know, this is for someone else, not for me. You're fighting back these random pains, you're fighting back headaches and queasiness and then the morning of the talk you're like, <clears throat> I think I'm coming down with something. That's the I. That's the immune system going, you ignored every other friend that I sent to message you. And so now if you walk onto that stage, I cannot guarantee that you don't have a snotty nose and a cough because I need to keep you safe. So, you know, this is just for a talk, but it will usually stem from something from our past. Now, why would the P say, you know, you're not safe. Well, like I said, you might have been on a podcast talking to one person and everything went blankly out of your head. And so you made that mean something. Or you might have been when you were a child having to go to a spelling bee or recite a poem and you got it wrong or something. And so that is something that can establish ideas from that stay in your brain and you make them mean something. And so this is a past trauma now coming to stop you from talking to 30,000 people, even though now you're an adult, you know what you're talking about, you know your stuff, but there's something in the past that hasn't been dealt with, hasn't been addressed, so now four body systems are going to try and stop you and, and keep you safe. Wow. Now do people have to then figure out like what the one moment was or can you can you help guide people to let go of it and without having to know that both and this is the fantastic thing about working with the limbic system you could know the trigger you could know the stressor or the trauma or you might not and what our uh, practitioners are all trained to do is first of all we say hey is there a specific thing that you want to work on people go no i just i don't know that's okay because, you know, we can do some emotional freedom technique work, we can do some stressor release, we can do a whole lot of other stuff with you. It doesn't matter if you know what the trigger was. We can get there and we can help your subconscious release what is stuck in that limbic system. Wonderful. So now like EFT, that's that emotional freedom, the tapping Right. That's part of it. That's part of it. We use a whole lot of other practices as well. Um, we use essential oil therapy, so some aromatherapy. We also do counseling and we do have um, some somatic therapies that we use. 
Oh, gosh, I'm telling you, I, I did EMDR therapy for a long, long time to process so much of my my early life trauma. And then uh, somatic therapy came across my radar. And so I took a little shift and, and went over to, and did some work with that. And uh, my mom had gotten very ill and I had to fly for the first time alone on a jet. And I was terrified, but I did somatic work with it. And now I have flown multiple times since because I had to fly back and forth and back and forth. And I love how powerful that was uh, for helping me release things that I I was just stuck in. Um, and so, yeah, very powerful. It is. And, you know, we often discount how powerful our memories and our thoughts and our feelings and our reactions can be. And we shove them in a box and try and just think in the logical, which really is the last step. If we're looking at the brain, we have three sections of the brain. We have our reptilian, which is at the the base of our cerebellum, and, you know, the brainstem there. And that is the keep you safe no matter what. So while I'm sitting here in my office, there's bookshelves on the other wall, there's the microphone, there's the camera, the lights, all sorts of things, my salt lamp going my reptilian brain is scanning this room every second to say, are the books going to go flying off that bookshelf? Is the salt lamp going to blow up? Is the microphone going to blow up? Like these are things we don't even think about. But this part of our brain is doing this 24-7, even while we're asleep. And then so it kicks it up to the limbic brain, which is in the centre of your brain. That's your feelings, your emotions, your your thoughts, your emotive thoughts rather. And then we have our logical brain. And too many of us live in our logical brain. A and B happen, so therefore I get Z. That's how the logical brain sometimes works. And so we then live by this logic thought that really has no no backing and, you know, it may not have come from what the reptilian brain has said directly but it's something that our limbic brain got all screwed up because of something that's happened in the past or because of toxicity or whatever is screwing it up. And so the emotions, thoughts and feelings that we've attached to it then give us this outlandish logic to live by. But, you know, we have to stop living in our logical brain and go, what are we feeling? What are we truly feeling about things? And, you know, this is something unfortunately with mold toxicity and with immune trauma and past trauma that we kind of miss the messages on. Yes. Well, now, again, a personal question that pops up for me is, so this rash has been diagnosed as autoimmune psoriasis, and it's just, it got crazy all over my body, it's particularly when my mom was very ill and I was traveling back and forth, I it really flared and went all over. And I know it was related to stress. And even though I was doing my meditations and my mindfulness and all of that, when your mom's dying, it's just, that's, it's just a lot of stress. <laughs> and so um, my question being that, um, so is, is, are autoimmune disorders then, are they connected to the limbic system? Is that something then like it, it my understanding is that trauma history can then make us more susceptible to toxins and so forth. And then the toxins can then trigger our body to just start attacking itself. Yes and no. So the body is never attacking itself. It's always attacking something else. Okay. So there's self and there's non-self factors. It's looking for 
non-self factors. So with autoimmune psoriasis or autoimmune Crohn's, let's just even cut the word autoimmune out, Crohn's, psoriasis, Alzheimer's, MS, Parkinson's, um, a lot of things, right? a lot of these big conditions, what we're looking at is an immune response. That's why they're calling it autoimmune. But it's not necessarily your body attacking itself. What it's doing is, if we take it back a few steps, any trauma, any stressor, now that could be toxicity, internal, external, it could be gut dysbiosis, it could be infection of any pathogen, it could be trauma, all of this is going to change the way your body functions. And the first thing we need to look at is the gut lining. When we're under stress, we contract our muscles all the time. We can't break food down properly when we're shallow breathing and our muscles are contracted. So what happens is we have undigested proteins and other foodstuffs circulating and they start bashing down the gut wall. And so the tight junctions that are normally in the gut wall will stretch. Undigested protein molecules will travel through that and get into the bloodstream. Infections, um, pathogens will also travel through there, get into the bloodstream. And when they start to cross barriers, like the blood-brain barrier, like the skin barrier, like the gut lining barrier, like our nasal barrier, that's when we're going to have problems. So autoimmune psoriasis, is the body attacking itself? No, it's attacking undigested proteins. And we're looking at a broken skin barrier, which is part of our innate immune system, first line of defense. We're looking at a bro broken gut barrier, also part of our innate immune system, first line of defense. So when the first line of defense is down, it's now pushed out from the internal to the external. And what it's looking like is psoriasis. So really that's an immune response. The mycotoxins in your case would have definitely triggered that. But we have to go back a step and go, well, how did they get in there? How did that happen? Obviously, with mold toxicity, you're breathing it in through the nasal cavity. Your liver has to try and process and function everything at, with everything. So we have to look at, you know, what are the big things that we need to treat here? Are we just going after the mold toxicity, which is presenting now as autoimmune psoriasis, or are we going to treat the skin barrier, the gut barrier, and the nasal barrier? There's a lot to it. Right. Oh, yes. I remember going through all of it and trying to figure out. And, and it was that I had some leaky gut stuff going on. And so being able to do the repair work for that, um, again, once then we kept testing the, the the lab numbers. And when it finally came back that that okra toxin A and the citronin, those, those mycotoxins were back in normal range. Um, I mean, that was just such a celebratory day because of the hard work had paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I could just sit and learn from you for days on end because wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> again, personally, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, there's so much here and it's amazing. But I certainly want to give you an opportunity to talk about anything that, that we haven't had a chance to touch upon yet. Yeah, look, you know, we have touched upon the immune system and something I need to tell people is there's actually five, currently five known immune types. 
And so not everything is going to work for everyone. So please be careful of superfoods. Sorry, I should be going superfoods. Right. Please be careful of blanket, you know, hey, this is great for you and that's bad for you because it doesn't work for everyone. So you've got to know what is your immune system type? Where is your body going to get stuck? And why is it going to do that? And you really need to take a one-size-fits-all approach. Stop following every little thing on the internet because tomorrow Kale's going to be the devil and today it's the angel and, you know, then it's going to shift around next week. Just Kale's an example, <laughs> okay? Don't go there. Uh, but, you know, really take things that you're reading with a grain of salt and say, what is right for me? Because my body is different to your body, is different to Joe Blow's body down the road. You know, everybody is different. And so this is where, you know, we find that the mainstream medicine model is, oh, you've got high cholesterol, take this. Oh, you've got high blood pressure, take that. That's not going to work for everyone. And same with natural health. You know, if you're getting the same protocol that the 50 people before you in the day got, it's probably not the right thing for you. Right. I love the idea because we are, I tell people all the time, I've said it for years, even before the show, we're not cookie cutter patterns, but like all of us are individuals with our own histories, our own personalities, our own physical makeups. And so, yeah, I love it that it, that you look at it individually. And I, I to add a little PS to what you said about the superfoods, what what brought the uh, brought it to my attention that I was very very ill was my throat was starting to close up and um, went to the to the hospital uh, had multiple um, specialists putting cameras down my throat like what's going on well here it was a histamine intolerance my my body was reacting to the mold with with histamine and so I was eating all these crazy high histamine foods thinking I was being really healthy cashews and avocados and bananas. And, but those at the time were causing me more harm than, than not. And so when I, when I, when I adjusted my histamine intake as we did this healing work, now I've added things back in that are higher histamine, um, like bone broth and, but. It is. It was me having to take a to step back and saying, "Wait a minute, <laughs> these superfoods are actually causing me some really big problems." <laughs> exactly, and so you know, you really do need to have a full history taken of whoever you're working with. They need to have the full history. Don't hold anything back. Nothing is too insignificant, and you know that way you can get the best treatment that you need. Yeah, wonderful. Well. How do so? How do people connect with you? How do they work with you? Reaching out via our website is the best way, and so that's www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. So we are based in Australia, and holistic has a W in front of it because we use holism to treat people. So oh. once you jump on there, you can book our complimentary root cause analysis call. Um, if you're outside Australia, to send us contact forms, say interested in a root cause analysis one of the team will be in touch and we'll send you like our I think it's up to 37 pages now of our intake questionnaire because we need to know, know everything and then on the call we're going to go through that we're going to tell you our findings and then we can tailor something for you 
Uh, we don't just take people without having done that call. So, you know, it's pretty important that we get the information we need to help you out. Wonderful. And now do you specialize in, like you said, you specialize in certain things. And then so once the intake is looked at and say, oh, this person is really needs to be with this, this practitioner. Yes. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, it's just been such a delight to sit with you today and uh, learn so much. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well, terrywelbrock.com. You can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.